Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. So, Project Big Picture. Aside from anything else, that's a fucking terrible name, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, they haven't thought long and hard about that name, have they? <laughs> well, it sounds like it was coined by David Brent or something. <laughs> You're not looking at the whole pie. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, let's try and look at the whole pie then. I'm Dan Burke. For this special reaction edition of the One Football Podcast, I'm joined by Alex Mott. Hello. So, for those who aren't aware, over the weekend, a world exclusive by the Sunday Telegraph revealed plans by some of England's major clubs for... And I quote, the biggest changes to English football in a generation and an extraordinary overhaul of the Premier League. Uh, The changes could come into effect at the start of the 2022-23 season and would see the Premier League reduced to 18 teams, domestic cup competitions abolished and various other things, both positive and negative. Um, Now, in amongst all the the negative stuff that we'll come on to shortly, these plans are supposedly designed to help clubs in the football league stay afloat. Uh, Alex, you've been working uh, on a big piece recently about this kind of thing. Perhaps you could explain why so many EFL clubs clubs are struggling at the moment and how dire the situation really is down there yeah so yeah i've spoke to quite a few people involved um in running lower league clubs and, and reporting on them um in england and it's purely to do with match day revenue really mm. um yeah the sort of further down you go in the in the football pyramid the more clubs totally rely on ticket sales and you know there's sort of uh, secondary things that people buy like programs and beers and food and all that sort of stuff and yeah, the whole economy around around low league football is just in total bits at the moment so um, yeah someone I spoke to last week or maybe the week before said that uh, his well, his club was losing near enough a million pounds a month uh, and when now players are back full time you know they can't defer money or furlough staff or anything like that mm. so um, yeah, it's uh, it's dire is is how I describe it, and yeah, they desperately need money without fans. It's looking bleaker by the week, really. Mm. So, Project Big Picture would offer an immediate two hundred and fifty million pound bailout to football league clubs from the Premier League. Uh, that'd be comprised of fifty million pounds to cover lost match day revenue for the twenty nine twenty season, and then two hundred million for the current campaign. I believe there'd be some sort of loan taken out by the Premier League that would be paid back in. Uh, TV revenue further down the line yeah. or something along those lines and there'd also be an increase in the amount of annual media revenue that trickles down from the Premier League to the lower leagues so at the moment that's just 8% of that money goes down to the lower leagues but that would increase to 25% do you think that kind of money would be enough to solve the problems clubs are facing down in the lower leagues yeah that and that's one of the one of the sort of interesting things about this latest proposal or project big picture is that would be enough. Uh, the government bailout that they're talking about, um, that's the other option, is about £100 million. Mm. Um, it, It's going to be really, really... I mean, I know a lot of football league clubs like this proposal. Um, and as a fan of a football league club, it's very interesting. And you can sort of see why the clubs are so interested and want to accept it. Um, it's a lot of money. And a lot of those clubs don't need a huge amount of money to survive. So... Um, you are sort of, I don't know, selling your soul to the devil sort of yeah, thing. But yeah. um, I don't know, is it, clubs are going to go out of business. It's as simple as that. Um, clubs that have been around for 130 years, 140 years, that are massive centres of the community um, are going to go under unless something serious has happened. Um, and this is the sort of biggest and best proposal that we've seen so far. So 
yeah, it's a very, very, very difficult situation that clubs find themselves in, and 250 million would be enough to basically save all clubs, which yeah. is huge. So, yeah, it's um, it's a very, very interesting proposal as far as football leagues clubs are concerned, for sure. Mm. Well, isn't all good news for EFL clubs? I mean, there has been a bit of opposition to it so far. Um, the main reason being there's some talk of parachute payments for relegated clubs yeah. being removed and uh, salary caps also being implemented to stop clubs spending beyond their means down the lower leagues. What do you make of all that? I, I can see the sort of pluses and minuses of both of those things, really. I think parachute payments, uh, I think in theory, were a good idea, but have sort of just, they've they've sort of created like a, a tier between the Premier League and the Championship where it's really hard for clubs lower down in the Championship and League One to get into the Premier League because those clubs have come down and, and have that sort of money to play with. Um, the same with salary caps. I, it's, I'm, I can see why that's a good idea because you have clubs who spend well above their means and we don't want clubs going out of business. But also, is that entirely legal to cap salaries in 2020 I'm not entirely sure it is so um, yeah I think that's one of this is sort of one of the few things in this proposal one of the yeah, things in the proposal that uh, isn't sort of a great idea for EFL clubs but when you're getting 250 million from those Premier League clubs I guess there has to be some kind of sort of give and take and I guess that's part of the take yeah I mean the, the, the sort of removal of para, parachute payments designed to stop these clubs gambling recklessly on promotion to the Premier yeah. League which has become a bit of a problem in recent years and I suppose the, the trickle down economics is something that we've a lot of people have been crying out for for, for yeah, a long time exactly, isn't it yeah um, of course, that reducing the number of clubs in the Premier League from 20 to 18 would, would make it harder than ever to be promoted to the top flight. Um, one chairman of a lower league club was quoted as telling The Athletic that this could lead to a kind of Premier League 2. What do you think they meant by that? Um, I guess that just means that with like the new playoff, because there's going to be a new playoff system as well, I guess it means that there will just be bigger than it already is at the moment, those clubs in the Championship that can go up to the Premier League, but, you know, sort of don't miss it. They miss out through the playoffs or whatever at the moment. And they've, they've got sort of the bigger stadiums and the bigger match day revenues and that sort of stuff. And that, the sort of the trouble that could be down the line is that those there's more and more of those clubs that are in the Championship um, and just either want to break away and create their own league, I guess, or um, get even more, even more money and the chasm's even wider. So... Mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure what, what he means by that, but um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not even. I'm not sure whether taking it down to 18 clubs is is a goer. To be honest, that sounds a bit like turkeys voting for Christmas. But <laughs> um, yeah, and that's. I'm, yeah, I'm not 100 sure about that. To be perfectly honest. Well, as a side note on, on that kind of that issue, there was there was some talk last week sparked by I think it was an interview um, given by Manchester City chief executive Ferran Soriano. He was talking about Premier League clubs uh, should one day be able to play their B teams in the lower leagues. You know, we have a similar model in Spain already mm. and a couple of other. Uh, countries, how would you feel if that ever came to pass? Especially as a, a fan of a lower league club, you know, there's some talk that it, maybe it would help with the development of young English players. But would it be actually be worth it? And will that that actually be the case? I think that would be an absolute disgrace yeah. and would sort of spell the death now for the sort of English football pyramid as it is. To be honest, I don't buy that development of young players thing. I think that as part of these new proposals and the project big picture, I think the 
loan, that they're going to increase the amount of players that can go out on loan. And four, four I think it's 15 and four at uh, one club at any time. I think that could help. Um, but yeah, having Premier League B teams in the lower leagues, I think just makes a mockery of the pyramid really. And just, mm. you know, what, I know in Spain, you know, Barcelona B can't get promoted to La Liga or, you know, the Premier Division or whatever. And that's, mm. you know, it's obviously going to be the case in England if it ever does come into, into play. So it just sort of, it just, it's just pointless really, isn't it? I think, you know, I get the development argument, but if that's the case, Premier League players should just uh, Premier League clubs should give their young players more of a chance as it is. You know, there's they can't sort of moan about development and not give players a chance. So, yeah, I think um, that's even more what he what Soriano said last week. I think is even more of a disgrace than yeah. some of the stuff that's been sort of um, put forward here. To be honest, well, so, it just yeah. doesn't seem necessary to me. I mean, you look at the England team now. Um, you know, there's a lot of promising young players coming through into the England. Yeah, team. Why exactly, would you? Yeah. Why would why would this change anything? It doesn't yeah, seem to. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and you know they've already done this with the Checker Trade Trophy in recent years. Yeah, yeah. There was little opposition to that, so it kind of makes me worry that maybe it, they could just sort of you know the powerful clubs could get this thing passed through mm. at some point, but yeah. hopefully not. So in terms of the big changes being made um, by by projects, what's it called? Project Big, big Picture. picture. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It doesn't really exactly slip off the tongue, either, does it? <laughs> uh, as, as we've already mentioned, the Premier League will be reduced to 18 teams. They would all, uh, all fixtures would then be played on weekends, leaving space for European fixtures. Now, do you think that would actually help ease fixture congestion for clubs who qualify for Europe each year, just reducing the, the number of teams in the league? Yeah, I mean, we've sort of seen in the Bundesliga, you know, that that does seem to work. I mean, obviously, it's helped helped Bayern in recent years go, you know, go further in Europe and stuff like that. I think, yeah, reducing it to 18 teams, I think getting rid of the Carabao Cup is probably a good thing for those top clubs. But then, that it's with all this sort of stuff, it's going to sort of, I don't know, six to one half dozen the other, isn't it? They're going to take away Premier League games, but then they're going to expand the Champions League. You just know that. <laughs> you know that's going to happen further down the line. They're sort of creating a new European competition. So, I just... Yeah, it's all sort of self-interest, really. I think, and although it it would sort of help, sort of superficially see how would it help. I'm sure clubs will find a way to have more games and you know make more money from match day revenue when fans are allowed in and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not 100 percent convinced on that one. I've got to be honest. Well, the cynic in me suspects. Well, I don't suspect actually. I know for a fact that they would they would fill that time with lucrative friendlies. Yeah, with, exactly, You know, yeah. teams from Qatar or, or yeah, whatever. yeah, there'd, yeah. There'd, be, there'd be some other way of, of yeah. earning the money. It's, you know, there's also talk of the League Cup being scrapped um, and the Community Shield, or at least those competitions would no longer include clubs who also qualify for Europe. What's your take on that? Because the, the League Cup is one that's been a bit of a bone of contention for a lot of people for a while. Yeah, I, I think. That's probably been coming for a while, actually. And I actually think that's probably quite a good... not Maybe not to scrap the League Cup totally, but to not include clubs that are playing in Europe, I think is probably a good idea. Because let's be honest, like clubs don't take it... Like the big clubs, until you get to the semi-finals, they don't take it seriously anyway. Like, mm. I, I've, I'm an Oxford fan, and you know we've played Manchester City the past a few seasons in the, in the uh, quarterfinals, I think it was, maybe last 16, last time. But like you can't, you are playing Man City. That's great, but is it that exciting to watch your club against Man City's B team? It's yeah. not particularly, is it? So, I think, and also, if you're a club like a Newcastle or a Burnley, you're then it's better for you. You know, you can maybe get to Wembley and get to a League Cup final, even if it doesn't include the top six in the Premier League. So, yeah, I, I think maybe not scrapping the League Cup, but not including those 
clubs in European competitions is probably actually quite a good idea. And I think, and I think there's obviously been a lot of negative reaction to this these proposals, and in some ways that is fair. But actually, I think some of these ideas, in if they were like sort of proposed in isolation, mm. I actually think they they are quite good, and they, some of them are quite radical and quite forward thinking, and that's you know quite quite an interesting way of going about things but i think altogether that's where the issue is um but yeah this is definitely one of those things that i think is probably quite a good idea yeah well i mean speaking of good ideas you know one of them that's that's been proposed is there will be still be two automatic promotion places from the championship but clubs who finish third fourth and fifth would then go into a playoff with a team who finishes third bottom in the premier league so 16th if there was just 18 teams yeah. um i mean that that's something that they kind of have in germany i, I don't know no, about you, but I, I quite like the sound of that, actually. I think that's, yeah, again, that's one of those ideas that probably is, is actually quite a good one. I know that they have it in France as well and in Germany, and I think recently, certainly in the last five years that I looked at, it, the club that's in the top division stayed up. But in in England, I'm not sure whether that's the case, to be honest. You know, if it was this year, I could like Brentford could definitely beat a Premier League side in a playoff game, do you know what I mean? So... Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I could definitely see that. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, I mean, we, we, you, you saw uh, like Fulham this season, who, who came up through the playoffs, and yeah, you know, on the early evidence so far, don't look equipped to it. So maybe the team that finished third yeah. bottom last year might have deserved a, a chance to stay in the league. I don't know. It's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah true. There's there's positives and negatives to that one. I think um, one that there doesn't seem to be any negative towards at all is talk of away tickets being capped at twenty pounds. There'd be subsidised uh, travel for away fans. The possible return of safe standing and a guaranteed away allocation of 3,000 or 8% of stadium capacity, whichever is higher. Yeah, I can't see any negatives there, especially no. in a week where it's been announced that fans in the UK will have to pay £15 to stream their team's yeah. non-televised yeah. game. I mean, that's a joke, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. Uh, this is, yeah, this is definitely the sort of standout for me of, of the positives from this proposal. Um, I, and, you know, talk is cheap, especially in football. There's been talk endlessly probably for the last decade about capping away tickets and you know subsidy for away fans and all that sort of stuff and safe standing as well um and if it takes the big clubs actually proposing this rather than the premier league itself then yeah that sort of says everything you need to know really i yeah this is yeah a hundred percent positive for me really and yeah the sooner even if this doesn't go through which i'm not convinced it will but mm. even if it even if it doesn't yeah i think this is one of the things that definitely has to stay and be introduced to football um in the in the coming seasons for sure yeah and they're also saying the 3 p.m blackout would still remain in place so there'd be uh, no more than 27 games per club per season being broadcast on tv in the uk um this would allow Premier League clubs to retain exclusive rights to sell eight live games a season to fans through their own digital platforms. Now, for those who yeah. don't know, who, are, who aren't based in the UK, um, they, they currently and still won't be able to show uh, matches live on TV at 3pm, uh, which is designed to kind of encourage fans to go to the stadiums and, and go and watch lower league football. Um, there's been a bit of opposition to this. How do you feel about it? I mean, I think this seems like a, pr- a pretty progressive move, especially allowing clubs to kind of um, sell uh, streaming to their own fans, you know, provided it was uh, it was sold at a reasonable cost. Um, it's yeah, I, I think we've been moving towards for a while, isn't it? Really? Yeah, I think that's definitely that's very progressive. I think, and I know, I think Benfica do it possibly in Portugal already. Um, so it's definitely a sort of a thing that's happening on the continent, and it seems to be working pretty well. So I think, as yeah, like you say, as long as it's at a reasonable price um, and those games aren't part of the blackout then yeah i don't i can't really see the downside to that one mm. and maybe this is sort of a 
in the long term, there becomes like a Netflix of football, you know, Netflix of football, Netflix of the Premier League, where you can just sort of pay one subscription and you can get all these games that aren't part of the yeah part of the, the twenty or whatever it is. So um, yeah, I can't unless I'm sort of missing something. I can't really see what the downside to that is, to be honest. Yeah. So haven't they been doing something like that in the football league for a while now with that I follow thing? Yeah, yeah. So you get uh, so this season if you're if you'd already paid for your season ticket. Um, you get a special code, and yeah, you can watch watch the games. I think it, you get all home games free, as you know, as you will be the season ticket, and then you get a reduced amount for away games. So, I think in some cases the uh, capability of the iFollow isn't the best, mm. and you know you can your stream cuts out and that sort of stuff. But you know, if we're talking about the Premier League, I can't see that being a huge issue. Um, and yeah, you get sort of like local radio commentary as well. So it's um, yeah, it seems to be working okay. Yeah, the money's obviously not the best in the football league that I follow, especially mm-hmm. for like the smaller clubs. But um, yeah, I can't. That's not really going to be an issue for these Premier League clubs, is it? So yeah, yeah it's um, and that's the way you know media sort of consumption is going, isn't it? Yeah, so why yeah. why shouldn't the Premier League sort of be at the forefront of that? Um, yeah, I, I, I can't really see yeah the downside to that one really, to be honest. Yeah. My only issue with all the streaming stuff is that the, you know, constantly watching a game where it's like 30 seconds behind the live, yeah. live footage and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, totally yeah. getting ruined by <laughs> apps like OneFootball sending you notifications. So the most contentious issue to come out of this project, big picture stuff, will be the, the abolition of the one-member, one-vote system in the Premier League. So at the moment, each club is given an equal say and a majority of 14 is needed to pass any new Premier League ruling. But under the new proposals, there will be uh, quote-unquote special voting rights given to nine clubs who have spent the most time in the top flight during their current spell and only six votes will be needed in favour of a change uh, to be enforced. So at the time of recording, those nine clubs will be Arsenal, Chelsea, Everton, Liverpool, Man City, Man United, Southampton, Tottenham and West Ham. Uh, They'd be able to amend rules and regulations, remove the Premier League chief executive and even veto a new owner's attempts to take over a rival club. That sounds dodgy as fuck, doesn't it? Yeah, (laughs) this is sort of like the the big thing that jumps out for me when I read the news yesterday that that just sounds like any sort of competition that comes their way they can just bat them down and mm. I, I don't know I just this is yeah again this just sounds really really dodgy to me and I don't really un, I mean I do understand why they're introducing it and or they want to do that but I don't know just sort of yeah this is where yeah this is where I've I'm sort of hard it's hard to get on board for this whole proposal really you're sort of selling selling your soul to these the top six really mm. um in perpetuity and they will have sort of they're sort of yeah it's just they have final say on everything which is just seems so so wrong um and just yeah it just it really doesn't sound great does it so it's yeah. just really really not good by the by the sounds of it well it just makes it feel like the whole thing is sort of an iron fist in a velvet glove doesn't it yeah, so it's yeah, all these yeah. sort of like socialist kind of principles that they're, that they're bringing to the game this trickle down effect of economics oh but actually we want six clubs to just control everything and yeah, it just totally. sort of feels like they're giving people a little bit of a little bit of something from themselves just so that they can yeah uh ring fence their interests and totally uh, and then yeah and like you say and this is this is going to be forever you know and this is you know there's you're selling you're getting 250 million if you're a football league club but the sort of top sphere of english football is going to be controlled by these big six clubs mm-hmm. it just it doesn't 
it just doesn't sit that right with me. You know, it's the old George Orwell thing: all animals are created equal, but some uh, mm. some animals uh, are more equal than others. Yeah, I just, yeah. yeah, it really doesn't sound right to me at all. I must say. <laughs> well, let, let's finish by naming and possibly shaming the people who are the driving force behind Project Big Picture. Um, so, according to the Telegraph, it's EFL chairman Rick Parry, Liverpool's principal owner John W. Henry, and director Mike Gordon, Manchester United co-chairman Joel Glazer, and executive vice chairman Ed Woodward, as well as Chelsea chairman Bruce Book and FA chairman Greg Clark, who are said to have been uh, involved in the negotiations. Um, does it surprise you that it's those three clubs who seem to be the driving force behind this? Um, not particularly, no. I think it was always going to come from uh, the big clubs. You know, they, Especially the American ones, they're, they're sort of used, or the ones that, certainly ones that own clubs in the sort of American franchise leagues, they're not used to relegation. Mm. They're not, you're sort of, you know, it's a closed shop in that respect. And you can sort of see why, they would sort of balk at the idea of bringing in, I don't know, however many hundreds of millions more in TV revenue every year and then have the same rights as Burnley to sort of, you know, vote down whatever um, whatever rules and regulations or whatever, whatever they decide. So, um, yeah, I'm not surprised it's come from the American side of it, personally. Um, and as far as I'm aware, I think, you know, despite being rivals on the pitch, I think the, um, the owners of Liverpool actually get on quite well. So... Um, yeah, it just—I don't know—it it just doesn't sit very well with me at all. This, this, yeah, this, especially the removal of uh, one club, one vote type uh, rules. So, mm. um, yeah, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I, I and it's—I uh, don't know—just it's strange timing right now. I know there's been talks going on for for three years, but it's been leaked by someone to come out now um so yeah it's uh yeah it's interesting but yeah i'm not surprised it's come to the americans well, that's it as well it's, it's been kind of dressed up in a way as oh well, this is a response to the the coronavirus situation and the way that uh, football league clubs are struggling but it's not is it really it's been no. something that's been in the works for quite a while yeah totally. uh, and, and, and as a fan of an efl club how do you feel about efl chairman rick parry's involvement in all this you know he yeah. was he previously chairman of Liverpool yeah and- so yeah so he he actually advised um john w henry the fsg group when they were buying liverpool it was part of the obviously part of Liverpool for a long time. Um, I must say, I've, I spoke to uh, someone at a club a few weeks ago just about you know the pandemic and the ongoing crisis mm-hmm. in the football league, and they were very complimentary about Rick Parry. Um, he's been in the position yeah, as a uh, as EFL chairman for about a year now, and it's sort of it's it's gone straight in at the deep end. You know, it's the worst crisis in the English football league has had for. Yeah, it's probably since the uh, ITV digital scandal about twenty years ago. So, yeah, not an envious position, but he has he's done very well, and he's sort of very sort of um, he's good at communicating what he wants from his members and all that sort of stuff. But and I do get it, and as and as a fan of an EFL club, actually, this is a really good this is a really good deal, and clubs aren't going to die with with the money that they're going to get. Um, if the only the people that were going to lose out most in this are the sort of smaller Premier League clubs, you know, your Burnleys and uh, Sheffield United and Aston Villas, you know, s- smaller in inverted commas, yeah. um, you know, they're going to potentially lose a place and not get that EFL money, uh, yeah, the other two hundred and fifty million. So, um, to be honest, as a football league fan of a football league club, I I'm for it, but I think in the big picture. Um, yeah, like I said, you're sort of selling your soul um, to these big six clubs, and who knows what that's gonna 
or what that's going to mean down the line, you know? Yeah, well, the Premier League reacted to it. Uh, they called for a wide range of discussion on the future of the game, but demanded this work should be carried out through the proper channels, enabling all clubs and the stakeholders the opportunity to contribute. Uh, the Department of Digital, Culture, Media and Sport expressed their surprise and disappointment at the deeply troubling attempt to create a closed shop at the very top of the game, stressing that fans must be front of all of our minds. How do you think um, other clubs might react to this now, particularly sort of the other big six clubs in the, in the Premier League? I mean, I, from where I'm standing, it'd be a great opportunity here. Uh, PR opportunity for like Manchester City or Arsenal's owners to come out and say no we're we're totally against this yeah I mean I don't it's a good PR opportunity for them but actually they win if this goes through <laughs> well so, true yeah, yeah but but then for anything to get through in, in its current guise 14 clubs have to vote for it and 14 clubs aren't going to vote for it so mm. like I say it's Turkey's Turkey's voting for Christmas if the smaller clubs vote this through so yeah you're probably right it's probably good for them to um, if they do come out in opposition, but then further, if it doesn't go through further down the line, if if there is something that is in their interests and they've sort of come out against this, then yeah, it's sort of all you know politicking behind the scenes. That's mm. not going to do any favors for them. So um, I, yeah, I, I don't know why they would come out in opposition to it, but yeah, maybe they should. But yeah, it's all backroom dealings and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> so whether they do or not, I don't know. Yeah, I've seen it described as English football civil war, which is quite a dramatic, <laughs> yeah. dramatic way of describing yeah. it. Um, I mean, do you think this is just another step towards the inevitable formation of a European Super League? And if that if that did come to pass, how would you feel about it, do you think? I, th- I think it is. And I think that ultimately is what the big clubs want. Um, they want as much money as they possibly can from the products that they're offering. And I think... A European super club is their ultimate ambition. Clubs, especially the big six clubs, know that them playing Bayern Munich every other week is going to bring in more eyes and more money than them playing Burnley and Sheffield United. Um, so I think this is maybe a sort of compromised to that effect for for the European Super League and, and a way of them getting you know, maximum profits from what they're already offering which is English league football um, but yeah I, I can 100% if this gets voted down I can see the big six clubs just saying okay well that's us done then we're out um, and I think that's that is ultimately what we're happen here to be honest yeah I, i'm not not sure how, how i feel about this european super league thing i mean i don't want it to happen but i've seen a lot of you know other fans saying that'll be the end of it for me i would walk away from football yeah like, i don't know if i would i don't know if I, I, I think i think i would just have to accept it yeah i mean i know, I know you know football changes a lot and but surely what makes the champions league such a special tournament is you know that you don't play mm. by munich every week you know it's yeah it's great to get those big occasions, especially when the fans come back. You know, those those games against Barcelona Bayern Munich mean so much more because you only get them once every few years. So, um, and you know, and I know the sort of same clubs qualify for the Champions League every season, but you know you do often get like a Leicester or whatever coming in or Ren this season. You know the sort of smaller clubs who have a good season and their their reward is European football. So, and that and that would just totally. So sort of, that won't be there anymore if there is a European Super League, and then that d- diminishes the sort of domestic yeah. leagues as well. So I, there's only one winner in all of this, and it's the big clubs, unfortunately. And that is that's just the world we live in, and the game that we watch and work in every every day. So yeah. uh, it's a depressing thought, but yeah, I think a European Super League is ultimately what will happen. When that will be, I don't know. 
Um, and I mean, I know this is the idea is for this to come in in 22, 23, 23, 24, possibly. So, um, yeah, whether European Super League will come in that quick, I'm not so sure because obviously you have to have buy in from a lot of other leagues as well. But, um, yeah, I think ultimately that's what this is leading towards, to be honest. Sad state of affairs. It is, yeah, it really RIP is. our beautiful game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, let's leave it there before one of us starts crying, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been Dan Burke. Thanks to Alex Mott for joining me on this special Project Big Picture Reaction podcast. I'll be back later in the week with Ian McCourt for a special crossover episode of the One Football Podcast. In the meantime, if you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email us on podcast at onefootball.com or tweet us at onefootball.